You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, the fallout continues. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Just found out that Brian Kelly, the new LSU head coach, will join us coming up next hour. Matt Leinert, former uh, USC quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner. He will join us coming up a little bit later on as well. Rick Neuheisel. Former college coach at UCLA, Colorado, and Washington. We'll talk about the changing landscape of the sport. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Say good morning to our radio affiliates around the country, numbering nearly 400. Also, Fox Sports Radio lineup and our streaming partner, Peacock. Download the app, watch for free. Make sure you go to danpatrick.com, all of your Christmas gifts, Stocking stuffers, we got you. Uh, the winter uh, collaboration with Sportique to release a limited edition holiday bundle. You get a zip-up hoodie, uh, autograph calendar from all of us, and a custom holiday box, less than 100 available. So go there now and make sure you order, order in time for the holidays. Play of the day, poll question, stat of the day, that's all forthcoming. We'll talk college football, a lot of college football. Did watch basketball last night. My Golden State Warriors were on display against the Phoenix Suns, and they have a lot in common. They're led by Hall of Fame guards. They play great as a team, surprisingly good on defense. Warriors win titles. The Suns made it to the finals last year. Uh, Last night, the first of two games that these two teams will play this week. Suns came out on top. Suns have won 17 in a row. And unlike most teams this season, they were able to slow down Steph Curry and the Warriors' offense. Coming into the season, the Lakers and LeBron take all the air out of the room. They hog the spotlight because they're LeBron, and they traded for Russell Westbrook. The storyline for Golden State is wait until Klay Thompson returns. And by all accounts, he's looking great in practice and should be back after Christmas. I guess a lot of people didn't buy into Phoenix despite its playoff success last season. But the Warriors and Suns made a statement early this season, and you have to be careful not to overrate a game in November, but it's hard not to imagine the possibility of these two teams playing more meaningful games deep into the playoffs. And it was typical Phoenix Suns last night. You know, they played great defense. Chris Paul played well, and they did it without Devin Booker, who got hurt, and they shut down Steph Curry and the Warriors. I think the Warriors have overachieved so far because they don't have any real contributions from their two first-round draft picks, James Wiseman, and you're waiting for Clay Thompson. And through all of that, these analysts were falling all over themselves to label the Golden State Warriors the best team in basketball. Okay, in November, congratulations. I want to know what you're going to look like in April. Is Clay Thompson going to be healthy? Are these rookies going to contribute? Is Steph Curry going to be able to play at a high level, continue to play at a high level? Are the Phoenix Suns going to be the team to beat? you got to factor in the Lakers, but here you go with the Lakers. LeBron, he is listed in the health and safety protocols, according to Woj, expected to miss several games. And players with a positive COVID case must be out a minimum of 10 days. I don't know what exactly this means. It feels vague. If he's going to miss several games, well, he's going to be out at least 10 days. Players with COVID have to sit out for 10 days or return two negative tests in a 24-hour period. For now, James will remain in the health and safety protocols. I don't know what that means right now. It seems vague. 
did he test positive for COVID? Does he just have to have two tests, uh, negative tests, then he can come back? When he's going to miss a couple of games, several games, how many is several in a 10-day period here? And it feels like LeBron, who I believe has already missed 12 games so far this season. Man, I don't think he's all, you know, he's big on load management, but there's been load management for LeBron James this year, even though he didn't set out by design. This program is brought to you by Impeller. Empower your investment portfolio with opportunities in Puerto Rico. Impeller, new online tool, connects investors with innovative projects on the island available now. Impeller is your hub for investment opportunities in Puerto Rico. Learn more at investpr.org slash Impeller. Found out so much information about these jobs yesterday, and you're just trying to sort through it of what happened with Lincoln Riley with LSU and going back to Oklahoma Would Oklahoma be able to match it. And then they weren't going to match the offer. USC hears about this USC able to swoop in USC uh, from what I'm told did put feelers out for Brian Kelly. Like there's so much involved here that how it all ended up the way it did with the musical chairs. And then Brian Kelly I don't know if there's a correct way to say goodbye in a situation like this. Now, do I think that LSU was a better job than Notre Dame in today's college football world? I do. But, you know, Brian Kelly did say goodbye to his players. Maybe not comfortable, maybe not ideal. I don't know. It's just the way the system is that you get an opportunity. He gave 12 years to Notre Dame, had the most wins in Notre Dame history. But I think if you look back on what he did and didn't do, he realizes he can't win a national championship at Notre Dame. I really feel that. And plus, he got his salary tripled. Well, it's hard to pass that up. But, it, you know, you're, you're looking at what he's done in, in championship games. They get blown out. Three times that they've been in there, they get blown out. LSU, easier to get the players that he wants. Yes, more competition, but he probably thinks he has a better chance of winning at LSU over Notre Dame. Also, it was mentioned last night on the college football rankings playoff show that that they might hold, the committee might hold it against Notre Dame that Brian Kelly is not there as their head coach. Now, to me, I would say to the committee, hey, what if Nick Saban came down with COVID and couldn't coach Alabama, would you then penalize Alabama or Kirby Smart? Or doesn't even matter. It's not even the reason. Let me take the reason out of this. Let me just say Kirby Smart can't coach Georgia. Do we then penalize Georgia? Brian Kelly's not there. Well, what if he wasn't there because he was sick? Then what happens? Now, if you want to say and make the argument, he doesn't have or won't have Notre Dame may lose a lot of their assistant coaches. Then we have a discussion. Absolutely. But I don't know if you can penalize Notre Dame because Brian Kelly's not there. If they lose offensive defensive coordinators, then I think we could have a conversation, but they were talking about this last night on ESPN. If there's a player, then they could look at that and say that's a reason for us to maybe keep that team out or factor in where they are going to be in the Final Four. But I don't think it's fair to Notre Dame to get to this point. Brian Kelly's not there. Okay, the players are still there. 
the players earned this right if they happen to sneak in. I don't think it's fair to hold that against Notre Dame. These play, Like, I'm going to penalize Notre Dame because Brian Kelly took another job. That doesn't seem fair. And if you're looking at any other coach, if that happened, if Luke Fickle takes the uh, Notre Dame job, do the, we then hold it against Cincinnati because they won't have Luke Fickle? Yeah. Good luck with that reasoning. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. McLovin, poll question today. Okay, uh, I have a couple questions. That This isn't a poll question, but can the Lakers bring it all back together in the spring and beat either the Warriors or the Suns in the playoffs? Well, sure. So there's no reason to panic yet. Well, I would be concerned. I'm not going to panic. Here we are. We just opened up December. I get that's what everybody, you got to have a hot take. And everybody, man, it was Golden State. They're the best team in basketball. And they're not even close. And then all of a sudden, they lose to Phoenix. Phoenix, best team in basketball. Like, that's the problem with these hot takes. How about we let it play out a little bit? Let it breathe a little bit. Let me see what happens with Golden State when Clay comes back. Let me see if the rookies contribute. Let me see if Phoenix and Chris Paul, he can stay healthy. Uh, what happens with the Lakers? Russell Westbrook has actually played pretty well in the last, you know, two weeks. His numbers are good. Um, let me see when their reserves come back. What's LeBron going to be like the rest of the season? Does AD want to be the best player in basketball? I mean, there's a lot of things that are that can happen. And that's why I always wait till after Christmas, and then you get a better sense of is that team a you know really good or they pretender here, or is somebody going to be sneaky good second half of the season? Yes, McLovin. Yeah, I mean, people are always patient with LeBron takes. That's yes. yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, college football. <laughs> if you had to bet a week's pay, does the current college football playoff Final Four stick? Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, and Michigan. Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati. No. No. Who's out? Well, if Alabama loses, Alabama's out. If Alabama wins, Georgia and Alabama are still in. Cincinnati against Houston is not a given, okay? I Maybe I'm one of the few radio hosts in America nationally who watched Houston a couple of times, games. And, and you know, that's not a big point spread margin here. Uh, Houston's, Houston's a fun team. They're 11-1, so it's not a foregone conclusion there. Um, what, if, what if Baylor beats Oklahoma State? What if Iowa beats Michigan? I mean, I don't think anything is etched in stone other than if Georgia loses, Georgia is still going to be in the Final Four. I don't think there's anything else that you can say, you know, that's secure. You can put that in, in writing. Yeah, McLovin. Are you positive a two-loss Alabama doesn't get in? What if one of, say, Cincinnati loses and they're looking at Alabama as like the five or six, just based on the brand? Well, let's say Michigan loses to Iowa. Let's say Cincinnati loses Houston. Then all of a sudden you're going to go, okay, who are the – you got Georgia, and then who else is in there? Who deserves to be in there? Um, it depends on how you lose. If Michigan barely loses to Iowa, and I don't rule that out, as crazy as it may sound, I didn't rule out Michigan beating Ohio State. I don't rule out Iowa beating Michigan here. Yeah, McLovin. A two-loss Michigan can't get in over a two-loss Alabama. I don't think so. 
And two loss Ohio State. But, but you're looking at quality wins, and Michigan beat Ohio State and roughed them up. And you haven't really talked about Notre Dame's fit here. Well, Notre Dame is just kind of lingering in the lobby. And, you know, it's like, you know, when you're waiting for your wife to deliver in the old days where you couldn't be in the delivery room. You're just walking by, just waiting, waiting, waiting. Anything? Anything? Nope. Nope. All right, I'll go out and smoke a cigarette here. Yes, Tom. If Cincinnati wins by a little and Oklahoma State wins significantly over Baylor, are you putting Oklahoma State in knocking the Bearcats out? Oh, it feels like they're keeping Cincinnati just on the cusp. Because if you move them up to three, it's a little harder to take them out than at four. If I don't know what the reasoning is. You know, I don't know what... You know, when they sit in that room and they go, this is why this team gets in or this team doesn't. I don't know that. So it's hard to handicap that and say, wait, is it head to head? Is it not head to head? Is it what's more impressive? Margin of victory, win on the road in your conference. Like you got the conference title games. So I expect something surprising to happen this weekend. Yeah, Paul. The fun game of the weekend that has not a the lot of relevance. Fun game. The uh, ACC championship game, Pittsburgh versus Wake Forest. The line is 72 and a half. I, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that game. Let's go. If you haven't seen Wake, they're a lot of fun. Well, Pitt too, but Wake is a lot of fun. Wake comes out and puts up points on you. And they're in a hurry to get the ball back. They let you score too, which is great. They're not afraid. All right. Uh, so what other poll question we have? Then we'll take a break. Okay. Who is the most overpaid? College football coaches, MLB players, or NBA players? <laughs> yes. You know what I love about all of the money that baseball's throwing around right now is that they're like, a lockout is like right over the horizon. Oh, I know. And people are signing all these monstrous deals. I know. <laughs> I, is there lockout language in these contracts? Because, man, they've got guys who are getting paid. Uh, what else do you have, McLovin? Well, John Wall kind of wins the argument for the NBA. 45. I know, I know. I always have him as the poster child for, wait, John Wall's making what? And Gus Malzahn is the poster child for that buyout was what for college football? Well, you still have Ed Orgeron. I mean, they, they, they're over a half a billion dollars in the last decade with dead money paid to coaches. Man. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk to Rick Neuheisel, get his thoughts on everything that has transpired. Should it be held against Notre Dame if Brian Kelly is not there and this team may or may not get into the Final Four because of that? Also, we'll talk to Brian Kelly. We'll ask him the tough questions. Was there a better way to handle this? And why now? Matt Leinert will also join us as well. It's uh, coming up on 16 after the hour. Glad you're on board, Dan and the Dan. That's Dan Patrick Show. Masterclass offers exclusive classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. Can't say enough about Masterclass because each class is broken out into individual video lessons. It fits into your schedule. It's not like you sign up and you go, okay, at this time I have to watch this video. There's about 20 lessons per class, 10 minutes per lesson. So you go at your own pace. Lessons available anytime, anywhere. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, smart TV. You can also just listen in the audio mode. Each class supported by downloadable materials. They got workbooks, exercises, recipes. And there's over 100 classes from a range of uh, world-class instructors. And 
It could be a hobby that you wanted to pick up. It's closer than you think. This holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. All you have to do is go to masterclass.com slash Patrick. That's masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. So much chatter out there about things that were happening behind the scenes. Were there coaches who turned down USC? I'm told at least one coach did. I was told that USC did put out feelers for Brian Kelly Lincoln Riley didn't want to go to LSU, but wanted to use the LSU money to maybe have Oklahoma match that and Oklahoma not matching that. And then all of a sudden his agent finds out and maybe USC would like to match that. It's just, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, Paul. So you just mentioned something there. You think Oklahoma had a chance to keep Lincoln Riley financially? I'm going to guess that they did. From what I, I was told, that he, he wasn't going to go to LSU. But I think there was a number there that, hey, will you guys match this? And then USC was willing to match this. But it was $12 million. And this comes down to, did Oklahoma say no to $12 million a year? And as a result, USC has the best hire they could possibly have in this situation there. Yeah, McLovin. Does that mean that to Lincoln Riley, USC is a better job than LSU at the same money? And, and if so, why do you think? Um, I don't know if he just didn't feel like it was a fit. But I think if you go back to Oklahoma, then you realize sort of where you stand and USC's commitment is, you know, USC felt more desperate. Now, Oklahoma probably thought Lincoln Riley is not going to leave. We're going to the SEC. And I don't think that he wanted to go to the SEC. Yeah, Paul. You guys ever notice that doubling your salary is always the right fit? It seems like seems it. Seems like it fits well. Seems like a good thing. <laughs> the only thing that fits better is tripling your salary. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what's the reason why you left? I tripled my salary. Look, oh. Look over here. This fits real well. Yeah. It's called $100 million. Ever heard of it? Rick Neuheisel, college football analyst, former UCLA, Colorado, Washington head coach, joins us on the program. We have uh, Brian Kelly next hour. You get one question for Brian Kelly. What would you ask him? How much does he like gumbo? Mm. <laughs> okay. uh, I'm he, gonna... uh, this is a monster hire and uh, good for Brian. He's so deserving of it. Okay. How do you do this in a tactful way? Leaving Notre Dame to take a job like this. And everybody, from what I'm told, behind uh -huh. the scenes at Notre Dame was shocked. So how do you do it in a classy way? From behind the scenes, what I'm being told is that he and Jack Swarbrick were at odds in terms of upgrades to the Notre Dame program. Wait a minute. Hold on, Rick. I got a bad connection there. It's, uh, we'll see if we can reconnect there. Yeah. We'll give him a minute there. McLovin, uh, what are we going to go with oh, here? We started out with, do you think the current college football Final Four will stick? Okay. 78% say no, so I have to ask what team drops out. Okay. Uh, yeah, Paul. Why do you think people are so bothered by Brian Kelly flying back, doing a quick goodbye to his players, and then going back to work for LSU, his new employer? Isn't that the nature of the beast? Well, your team is hanging around with the possibility going into the... If Notre Dame was undefeated, and let's say that they were three in the country, would Brian Kelly be leaving? Like, that's what I'm curious about. It feels like Notre Dame, 
is waiting for Luke Fickle's season to end at Cincinnati. Not making him leave right now. And even though this is really important with recruiting, but it feels like Notre Dame might be waiting for Luke Fickle to coach as long as he coaches at Cincinnati. Let me bring back uh, Coach Neuheisel. All right, so you're saying that Brian Kelly probably um, didn't have a, a, a good relationship with the athletic director? Uh, let me see. Did we? Can you hear me, Rick? I got you, DP. Okay. So what were you saying about uh, uh, Brian Kelly and uh, Jack Swarbrick? Well, I, the word on the street is, and I don't have confirmation from Brian on this, that they were at odds uh, in terms of upgrades for the program uh, to take it to the next level. And obviously, Brian's hearing from an agent that there's this great uh, you know, desire for him elsewhere. And you can't blame a guy for going for a $95 million deal and, and a chance to recruit the defensive lineman that you can get at LSU, which was exactly the reason Nick Saban left Michigan State for LSU. Okay, explain Notre Dame in in trying to get certain play- How difficult is it, you know, the limitations of trying to get players into Notre Dame? You're not in charge of two things at Notre Dame, whereas in a lot of these schools, you can get anybody in. So you're not in charge of admissions. So there's going to be a ceiling as to what you can do in terms of getting kids into school. And you're not in charge of discipline. You're going to I mean, how many times have we seen Notre Dame with the honor code kids not being able to play? Nick Saban puts them in a ride along with the local security and they're back on the field. So you're not in charge of those things. And those might seem like little things, but those are uh, those are game changers when you're trying to you know, play for the big prizes. How does it work behind the scenes? that you could put a deal together and it feels like it's a 24 hour period. How did you do it or your agent do it? So you can, you can stay clean. Cause you can say, I didn't speak to anybody, but your agent <laughs> certainly did. Yeah. Well, those, those conversations obviously are going on and you, you just make sure that your agent understands you don't want to be bothered until it's the appropriate time. What I would say, though, Dan, is we need to move the appropriate time at least a week later. And the reason we can't is because of this uh, December signing date. I would advocate, I would push all my fellow coaches or what used to be my fellow coaches towards going back to a February signing date. Stop this nonsense because the transfer portal is going crazy. You're going to end up choosing from that, that buffet line first anyway. And let this coaching carousel wait till after this weekend, after we've made the term determinations as to who's in the playoff. To hear Gary Barta last night say that the committee might weigh in, that Brian Kelly's absence could have a factor in whether or not Notre Dame should be in the college football playoff, that's nonsense. Yeah. And we're doing it to ourselves. Coaches just need to wait one more week for all this carousel to begin. And if we'll move recruiting back to where it belongs, we can, uh, we can get that accomplished. Yeah, I said the same thing about 15 minutes ago, that let's say Nick Saban was sick and couldn't be in a playoff game, or uh, would they hold it against Nick Saban? Uh, the fact that Notre Dame got this far and Brian Kelly's not coaching, why am I penalizing Notre Dame again for Brian Kelly taking the LSU job? I, I, I think that that's embarrassing that the committee is going to use that. I, I it, it's it's unfathomable to me. I can't I can't understand it. And if I were a Notre Dame player, 
I would be absolutely irate. I mean, they're sitting there in the six hole. It doesn't take a lot of imagination nor a lot of, uh, you know, chaos this weekend to get Notre Dame into the top four. And, you know, you can argue about their strength of schedule and such, but you can't sit there and say, well, their head coach is gone. Yeah. Uh, that, that to me is ri ridiculous. You wouldn't say it if their left guard was gone. So you shouldn't say it because their head coach is gone. Better job, Notre Dame, USC, LSU. I've always said, and you'll know I'm a West Coast honk, that the SC job is as good a job as there is in college football. It sits right in the middle of Southern California, which is laden with talent. Unfortunately, much of that talent for the Pac-12 has been leaving, right? The, the two quarterbacks that were on top of the, uh, uh, of the Heisman race, C.J. Stroud at Ohio State and Bryce Young at Alabama are both Southern California kids. I mean, that's, that's where they're from. And Lincoln Riley coming to SC is the best news for not only SC, it's the best news for the Pac-12 and certainly George Klyovkov as he starts to negotiate the next TV deal. Then would you have LSU over Notre Is LSU a better job than Notre Dame? Listen, Notre Dame has the most mystique of any of the teams in college football, and for that reason, it's kind of like a rock band when they come to your town. Everybody wants to go and see, and that makes it exciting. It's why they stay as competitive as they do, because for a lot of kids, that's an exciting deal. But LSU every year is going to get the best from the state of Louisiana. They're the only power five school in that state. And that is that is an unbelievable uh, region for great college football talent, in particular defensive front guys. And those guys are the gold bullion of college football. Yeah, it sounds strange for somebody like us, you know, our age to say that LSU is a better job than Notre Dame. But the reality is LSU is a better job than Notre Dame. And then it begs the question, and this had to factor in Lincoln Riley's, uh, you know, as he mashed this all up. The, what is the SEC going to be now that you're adding Texas, you're adding Oklahoma, 16 teams, there's probably going to be four team pods. LSU, if I'm just doing my own pods divvy up, LSU is going to be with A&M, probably the two Tennessee schools. So you're sitting there going, that, that's not a bad gig. You're going to have to play Alabama every other year, uh, but not every year. So maybe not as good. But, but that Oklahoma gig for uh, Lincoln Riley to be in the SEC recruiting against all those guys or being in the West Coast <laughs> and being the uh, big fish in the pond like he is currently in the Big 12, adding $110 million to that package makes that pretty uh, attractive. What do you do if you're Luke Fickle at Cincinnati? Well, he's got to be the uh, favorite to get the Notre Dame job. I had it done pretty good authority that he was very close to the SC situation, but waiting to see what happened at Notre Dame. Uh, the question is, was Marcus Freeman going to leap uh, in front of him and take that job? Remember, Brian Kelly pointed out that Marcus Freeman was a head coach in waiting. Uh, whether it was at Notre Dame or somewhere else. And it's interesting, Dan, that uh, Jack Swarbrick saying, I not, may not name an interim. I think he would do that because he wants Luke Fickle rather than putting Marcus Freeman in as the interim and having the kids all respond to him as I think we all know that they would. Yeah, he's the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. I wondered about this prior to the Michigan-Ohio State game. If Jim Harbaugh had lost last week, could you have seen a scenario where maybe he looked at it and said, 
I've gone as far as I can go here. And maybe I go I back to the NFL. I don't think so. I okay. think Jim Harbaugh is a throwback. And it's not just because of the glasses he wears. I think he was going to ascend uh, Mount Everest until he got to the top and got to summit and plant a flag. And, you know, as much as I've had difficulty with Jim in the past, it was actually fun to see him get that done. That was as collegiate a scene as I can remember with all that maze on that sideline in the aftermath of that win. And Aiden Hutchinson talking the way he did about what it meant is everything you love about college football. How tense did it get between you and Jim Harbaugh? Oh, well, in the aftermath of that game where they beat us 17-9 to and I'm driving down the field and uh, just – don't get it in. And so I go over to shake his hand and he slaps my hand and says, what do you think about that, Ricky? <laughs> it got tense. <laughs> if it was go time, how would it have played out, Rick? Well, I probably would have lost, but I would have been in such a pure, I would have just gone for it. I mean, he's a little bigger than I am, but uh, you know what? I just remember the shock that came over me. And then you remember he did the same thing to Schwartz when he was in the NFL and Schwartz was with the Lions. And I was literally watching film that day uh, after our Saturday game. And I said, he did it again. And everybody's wondering <laughs> what, the, what the heck is going on. And I said, and Schwartz is going after him. And I'm sitting there, you know, kind of mad at myself that I didn't do the same. But uh, but no, it's, it, listen, he is I, – I, I liken him. If he's on your team, you absolutely love him. And if he's not – you want the next shot at him. But he called out Ryan Day after the win over Ohio State. He was oh. like, hey, some guys wake up on third base and want to tell you that they hit a triple. <laughs> and I'm like, I, wow. I'm not, in, I'm not into the pop culture and all this stuff, but he is the ultimate troller. Ultimate <laughs> troller. <laughs> Great to talk to you again, as always, Rick. Thank you, buddy. Happy holidays, my friend. Thank Enjoy you. the weekend. Rick Neuheisel, CBS College football analyst, former UCLA, Colorado, and Washington head coach. You know, you get these coaches, former coaches, and their connections, and they probably have connections to assistant coaches or agents, and then they start to hear a lot of stuff. And a lot of stuff that happens with potential coaching hires really never surfaces because we move on because, hey, that school found their guy. There's a lot attached to Brian Kelly, LSU. There's a lot attached to Lincoln Riley and USC. Uh, Where does Oklahoma go from here? Is Notre Dame going to wait for Luke Fickle? Uh, Bob Stoops coming back to coach Oklahoma for one game. His brother not available. All of a sudden, he got a contract extension at Kentucky. Cliff Kingsbury probably didn't swat away the Oklahoma rumors because why not? Let's just wait and see if they really want him. Maybe you go back to Arizona and say, this is what I'm being offered to coach Oklahoma. Do you want to match it? And now you have a going price here. All of these coaches, they all look around. It's no different than any other business when you go, wait, what's he getting paid? And you can go back to Mel Tucker at Michigan State, somebody who's not proven as a head coach and coached less than 30 games. All of a sudden, he's going to get $10 million a year. Then you look around and you got $12 million here. You got $15 million here. That's what these coaches are looking at. This is, this is high-stakes poker. Yeah, Pauline. 
Rick Neuheisel was saying, you know, we got to restructure college football for the coaches, for the recruiting. I don't know if I want it restructured. I kind of like the messiness, the awkwardness, <laughs> the, the jabbing, the terseness. This has been a really fun week. Yeah, I always, you know, when people say, oh, who do you root for or do you root against? I, I root for a great story. If you said Alabama beats Georgia, that's an interesting story. If Alabama loses, they drop out. If somebody else loses, who goes in? If Michigan loses to Iowa, I just want a story to tell. You know, I don't like when it's just status quo. When you have a little upheaval, I like it. But we'll talk to Brian Kelly coming up next hour. I don't know the, the tactful way to say goodbye and how it happened and the fact that not only the players, but assistant coaches were shocked. Now you have a report that a Oklahoma assistant coach was out on the recruiting trail recruiting for USC. <laughs> These stories that are in the shadows here. Like I'm going out with my Oklahoma gear on, but I'm recruiting for USC for Lincoln Riley. Oh, it's cutthroat, but it is just big business. Yeah, Seaton. And I love too that you know that meeting was set up for Oklahoma. Yeah. And then once you finally get there, it's like, okay, hold up. What about this? How do you feel about Southern California? That's where you, you show up with an Oklahoma shirt on. You say, hey, hold on for a second. Then you go into the bathroom, you change, you come out with a USC shirt on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, you know. Yeah, Paul. You know, Coach, I really was, I like it, Norman, and uh, the football program's great, but I, I always wanted to play in warmer weather. Well, I have something for you, young man. I have another option for you. Now you go in there and he's he's selling you. He's going, man. I I was you know boomer sooner and no 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 no. How about the you know fight on and Trojans? Coach, what's that ringtone you got there? <laughs> what, no, let me, uh, it went off. It went off. My bad. That's not Oklahoma's fight song, is it? Oh, <laughs> darn it! All oh, my kids, they're crazy. All right, we'll take a break. We'll settle on our poll question. We have our play of the day forthcoming back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Fire. We have a brand new fantasy football podcast called I Want Your Flex. Twice a week, every Tuesday and Friday, we come up with new episodes to not only look back at what happened, what you need to do at that minute, and also look ahead of what's coming up in the fantasy football world. That's right, Dan. Every week, we're going to scour the waiver wire to find the pickups to turbo boost your fantasy lineup, sits, starts, fantasy football players' rankings to get you ready to dominate the competition. Listen to I Want Your Flex with Mike Harmon and me, Dan Beyer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh my God. The play, the play, play. of the day. This is the play of the day. Check this out. Paul on the perimeter. Picked up by Porter, the bigger man. But Paul going to work on the drive. Gets in underneath. Fade away. Score it. Chris Paul. 99-92. Suns lead it. 258 to go. Timeout Golden State. 
Chris Paul finished with 15 and 11, his 10th double-double of the season, had at least 10 double-doubles in every season of his 17-year career, second longest active streak in the NBA, tied for the fifth longest streak of all time. Phoenix has now won 17 consecutive games, tying the franchise record that was set back in 2006-2007. The Suns' run is also the longest winning streak in the NBA since the Bucks in 2019 won 18 in a row. That's courtesy of KTAR, Suns Radio Network. That's your play of the day. Play of the day brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, the SUV family. It takes no time to set up a test drive at your local Mercedes-Benz dealer. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. You know, I was watching last night, and Bridges did an unbelievable job on Steph Curry. That doesn't happen very often. This is one of the worst nights that Steph Curry has had in a long time. And Bridges played great defense on Steph Curry. Yes, McLevin. I feel like you're taking a shot at my Sixers fandom because the Sixers drafted him and immediately traded him for Zaire Smith. Yes, that didn't work out that well. He's a good G League player. Yeah, yes. But Bridges is a great athlete. He, he does a lot of different things for you. And it's great when you have that kind of player who can put his ego to the side and I don't have to have touches. I don't have to score. I, what's my job tonight? Go get that guy. Go guard number 30. All right. Yeah, Paul. Steph was four for 21, yeah. uh, 12 points, three for 14 from three. The statistically, it was for 20 or more shots in a game. It was the worst game of his career. Let's go around the room. You got one question for Brian Kelly next hour. Todd, I'll start with you. The question for Brian Kelly is, what does LSU offer outside of finances that you no longer could get out of your time at Notre Dame? All right. I like that. McLovin? Does it concern you that LSU fired Edo just two years after he won a national title? Okay. I would say it nicer, but yeah. there's a lot of expectations that you might not have had at, LSU, at Notre Dame. Yeah. Seton? Seton? Did you... Seaton dropped his huge water bottle on his uh, mic pr- uh, button, uh-oh. and I think it broke. No, it doesn't work. No, no, you're good. Can you hear? No, not his headphones are also broken. Though. Oh, okay. Paulie, what question would you ask Brian Kelly? Do you want me to ask Seaton what he would want to ask yeah, Brian Kelly Yeah, you can. First? You can be the translator. Oh, please. Okay. Seaton's playing a McLovin impersonation. That's something I've done in the past. Yeah. Okay, being passed on to Paulie. Yes, Paulie. Seton said, uh, Coach, how did you plan on releasing the news of you going to LSU? Oh, okay. How did you plan? Paulie, what question would you ask Brian Kelly? Why now? Hmm. That's it. Let him finish it. All right. Well, he's joining us in a half hour from now. Just got my mic back. Oh, good. Yes. Yes. If only this happened to Todd. You know. Is that really necessary? You were sitting on that one. (laughs) 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Matt Leinert will join us a little bit later on as well. Um, LeBron is uh, out for a while. Ohio State took down number one Duke last night. Uh, Let me see, anything else? The college football rankings, Georgia, Michigan, Bama, Cincinnati, then it's Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Yeah, McLovin. So I put up the poll, which team currently in the top four is most likely to drop out? There's a runaway winner in this, but I don't think you're going to guess who it was. The choices being, obviously, Georgia, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Alabama. 
one people, almost everybody voted for this one team is most likely to drop out. Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. I would have thought Cincinnati would have maybe won that poll. Well, no, if Cincinnati wins, they're in. Oh, because Alabama will lose to Georgia. Okay, you're yeah. using logic, if, but brand if, name wise. But if Alabama beats Georgia, then it might, the plot thickens a little bit. If Oklahoma State wins, I mean, I'm rooting for Notre Dame to get in just because, you know, it's like the headless horseman, you know? It's like, well, they, <laughs> we don't have a coach. Oh, my God. All right. Somebody else is going to step in. I just want to know, is Brian Kelly taking the staff with him to LSU? I don't even know if he's decided on that. I think there are coaches at Notre Dame not sure what their future is. Is, is Brian Kelly taking us? Wait, he's not taking us? Is he taking some of us? Yeah, Paul. Can you imagine what these athletic department buildings are like the past three or four days <laughs> and going forward? Like if you're in Oklahoma walking around, am I going to be employed tomorrow? Yeah. If you're a Notre Dame assistant coach, you're like, do I wait and see who they hire? Do I call Coach Kelly and roll down there? All I know is when Lincoln Riley showed up in Southern California, he brought his staff with him. <laughs> there was no vagueness to that. It's like, uh, all aboard. Uh, I need your boarding passes. Yeah, see. So is it kind of like if you're not already in, you're out? Yes. It feels like that. Kind of the feel, right? Yeah. If you don't have a seat on the plane, <laughs> you know, sorry. Uh, look, you're going to love Norman, you know, staying here. Uh, but if you're not, if you didn't get a plane ticket. You know, there's a lot of like con- like blow off conversations. Or like, hey, coach, congratulations on the new gig. You know, if you need anything. Yeah, you know what? Hey, it's, it's a little crazy right now. Why don't, why don't we touch base on that later, okay? Keep in touch. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, you know what? Yes, I'll get in touch with you uh, later down the road when things calm down a little bit. Yeah, that's got to be awkward. It, it does. I mean, imagine you're the offensive and defensive coordinators at Notre Dame. And Brian Kelly takes the job. And then you wait because you're not quite sure. Or he's waiting. Or maybe he's not waiting. Wait, he's going? All right, he's already there. Uh, uh, no text messages? Nope. Any phone call? Nope. Yeah, Paul. That, that is fascinating. If you're the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame, you're rolling the dice with your entire career. You could go coach in, at LSU, maybe, or hold and apply for the Notre Dame job, which comes along maybe once or twice a generation. But if you don't get the Notre Dame job, then you could be out. And, man, and these coaches, you put some of these assistant coaches in a really precarious position here. Yeah, see? But you've got to imagine, though, there's no faster way to get a head coaching job than to be a coordinator on a national championship winning SEC team. Mm. You're right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the fast track for sure. Yes, McLovin. I got an idea for an interim coach if they make the final four. You know, Oklahoma's going with Bob Stoops. There's a, cur- a former Notre Dame coach out there who could coach in the final four. Lou Holtz. Yeah, I brought that up. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's available. But, uh, you know, Barry Alvarez did that at Wisconsin. The athletic director, former coach. He coached Wisconsin in a bowl game. Yeah, he- Paul. Seaton was saying the, the, a great job is being a coordinator in the SEC, but it's also the quickest way to be fired because you get blamed when the team, the Auburn, the Auburn offensive coordinator who just got fired almost beat Alabama the other day. He came one or two plays away from beating Alabama. Now he's unemployed. And that quickly, it turns. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll get to your phone calls coming up next hour. 877-3DP-SHOW. 
McLovin, what's the poll question we're going to go? Are you going to stay with that now that we have a runaway winner? Yeah, no, we'll, we'll go uh, different. Maybe the NBA best team in the West or best team overall poll. Is it way too early to even yes, ask that? it is. Yet everybody's slobbering all over Golden State last week. Now all of a sudden it kicked them to the curb and the Phoenix Suns are the best team in basketball. Maybe the Suns were the best team in basketball all along. It was just Golden State was playing better. And you're waiting for Clay Thompson and those rookies to contribute. Phoenix is probably a better team than Golden State right now, December 1st. Brian Kelly coming up. One more item as we close out our one, Stiefel. Always excited to tell you about great partners that we have. And Stiefel, S-T-I-F-E-L, is one of those. Make sure that you understand the new app, Stiefel Wealth Tracker. When it comes to managing your investments, knowing where you stand is half the battle. They want to make it easier for you to manage your investments. Let you build your personal balance sheet. You can track your net worth over time. You can securely link all of your uh, financial accounts using bank-level encryption and monitor how all your investments are performing. Stiefel Wealth Tracker gives you direct access to Stiefel's award-winning equity research, investment strategy views. Stiefel has helped clients managing their investments for over 130 years. When you need professional guidance, you can use Stiefel's Wealth Tracker to connect with a Stiefel financial advisor, get the help you need. Stiefel Wealth Tracker, absolutely free. Download the Stiefel Wealth Tracker app at the App Store, Google Play, or at stiefel.com tracker. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. .com slash tracker.